son. If you're listening, I'm dead. But uh, I left you this podcast. You'll be all right. Just pretend that I went out for smokes. Hello, everybody. It's the Afro Smokes podcast. We're coming at you with the new uh, fourth microphone. We finally got the fourth microphone that we've been talking about for a long time. Johnny went to B&H. How much do you think that new microphone costs? This one? Yeah. I know the answer. Oh, that's the one you're... Oh, okay. I don't know the answer, but I'll guess. Yeah. Four fifty. Yeah, it was about four hundred thirty-four dollars. Jesus Ooh, Christ! Yeah. Yes. Evil Stan yeah. is really something, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys got uniform ones as well. <laughs> yeah. Did it come with the stands? No, right? I don't know. There were like oh, three things. It didn't? They're extra. They're extra. Yeah, Johnny's running a, a laundering scam where he he puts fake items on the receipt because <laughs> <laughs> there was something for like yeah there was something else that was on the I didn't look at it but I'm gonna I'll be vemoing him within four, 14 to twenty one uh, business days anyway I'm very excited we have uh, we have a very special guest on the show we got Brace Belden from the True and On podcast hello I, I guess I'll look at the camera this is I don't yeah. think I've ever done a, a videotape podcast but actually that's no? not true but I'm gonna look directly at this phone and say hello Mike. That's great, because now all the podcasts have to be video, so you got to look at yourself. But what is it? People aren't gotta, watching them, right? They are watching them. I thought it was just yeah. like a clip thing, like you have like somebody saying like a pithy thing for like a 30 seconds. Right. Well, we, we keep making more and more advances in friend simulators, so it's not enough yeah. to have your friends talk to you. You have to look at them, and right. soon we'll be VR podcasting. And then during COVID, everybody was staying home watching podcasts. So yeah, they yeah, see you. that's they true. Wanna... But I see these like advanced sets, like the like comedian podcast people have, uh-huh. Theo Vaughn or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they look like it's kind of like a Twitch streamer setup where they're just kind of surrounded by toys. And, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's just like two bobbleheads and album yeah. they like. Oh yeah. yeah, you have to do that. Yeah, you have to have a nice. But this set. is just a brick wall. That's a brick wall. And then there's trash here in the- um that's off uh frame but for those but yeah. who can't see there's yeah my uncle my uncle lives behind that uh, curtain it, over it, it it's mostly trash in this room and then a brick wall well yeah well we're stand-up comics so that's kind of all we know oh, is trash and true. brick walls yeah, you guys do love it's not really tra- that's the box the new from the new microphone and uh, there's not that much trash in here, I have to say. <laughs> I guess there's not. No, those of you watching or listening like at home. disrespecting his home. I mean, there's yeah. just like a bunch much of cleaner. egg cartons. Yeah. I, no guess we're, I guess we're getting off on the wrong foot. <laughs> no, I like it, you know. Um, no, but this is this is a very nice studio, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for having Thanks. me. Well, Thanks. Well, it's just not the same since we don't have Mike's framed Sopranos poster in the background anymore. So yeah. Sick. That was a gift from, uh, never mind, you don't care. You wouldn't be impressed. You, you wouldn't be impressed. <laughs> I would be. It was a gift from. It was a gift from Scarlett Johansson. Really? Yeah. yeah. Which means she goes to the mall because that's where you get that Sopranos poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it'd be, nice it'd be funny if she knew to get you that without having one conversation with you mm-hmm. beforehand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, so uh, yeah. So this is the show. This the show's about my son. We try to leave. Uh, we try to leave wisdom behind for my son in case I uh, am not around. And uh, so today I went. Actually, yesterday I went to pick up my kid from a daycare, mm-hmm. and they were telling me that he's not. Um, he's not listening. He's not cleaning up. When they ask him to clean up, he tries to distract the teachers. He tries to act cute. He goes, "Hey, look at me. Look at my hair." You know, and um, and then I and then he and then. So I was like, listen, you got to listen to your teachers. And he was wearing a chicken hat. So I was like, when you sit, when you, yeah, when I picked him up. So I'm like, listen, when your teachers tell you to do something, I want to hear you say like, okay, Zana, okay, Berju. And I was like, can you say, okay, can you say, okay, Zana? And he just starts going, bah, bah, 
Fuck. Fuck, man. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know That's what to tough. do. I've never right because I've never had to discipline my kid yeah, before. Yeah. You know. You uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You seem like you might have been hit. What? What do you mean? Like by your parents? Uh, my dad spanked me a little bit, but then he stopped for my little brother, and then he became a heroin addict. So mm. yeah. that was a mistake. Actually, you should hit your children. I was. I. I'm not. You shouldn't do that. I'm just what? saying. But this is to it, your son. Yeah. He could be doing that, and he's not. Just so keep. Oh that yeah, in mind. yeah, yeah. So thank him for yeah, that yeah. because I know a lot of people. Yeah. Didn't turn out so good. Uh, I was spanked heavily with a wooden spoon for a period until they. My parents realized. It didn't Are you work. Italian? No, Jewish, but it's like okay. similar. Appropriate. Similar appropriation. Yeah. Everyone wants to fuck their mother. Or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I, the spoon was all I got. Okay. And I don't think my dad's heart was in it. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's like five six, and so after mm-hmm. a while, it became unwieldy. What yeah, if his I, heart was in it, and he's like, "God damn it, this seven year old doesn't doesn't think my heart is in it." He so loves he had to give up. Like yeah. he really thought he was whooping your ass with that spoon. Yeah, I mean, it's I, it's I think I deserve at this point in my life to spank my father at least once. I totally agree. I like, totally I agree. think I should be able because he's old now. Yeah. Um, and I should just and I could easily do it. Like I could, I could, I could rip his pants down and just like go to town on him. But I feel like it's just interesting because I feel like if I did that now that I have asserted myself as a man, mm-hmm. uh, people would would find it problematical. When he did it when I was a child, it's it's suddenly fine. Yeah. Well, would people find out? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd probably feel you videotape it. Yeah, You'd live stream yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, it's, there's an erotic quality to it that I think that people would appreciate. Yeah, like the yeah. kid who beheaded his dad and made that video, but it's you making a 14-minute video about spanking your dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. About spanking, you're giving a, food, giving a political speech about the illegal immigrants while you're spanking your dad. In the Another guy just killed his dad because uh, his dad had got the vaccine today, I saw. What? Yes. Oh. Which seems, I mean, just wait. Tokyo's yeah. dad months. killed him? Scare him. He's out having a heart attack. Yeah, why is anybody still fired up about the vaccine? Impossible. I have no idea why. Yeah. Maybe his dad just got it. And yeah. it just like that freaked him out so bad. Because if his dad Maybe. got it like four years ago or three years ago, or whatever, yeah. it's like, well, how would you even remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably promised his son not to get it. Yeah. And then he's like, All right, I guess I'll He found the card, like <laughs> yeah, you saw folded it. up in his wallet. <laughs> yeah. So your son's being bad. I guess he's being bad, yeah. Is this but the then, first time he's been bad? Uh yeah, I've never had to like discipline him before. What'd you do? I tr- I tried to like explain it. I mean, because he's two and a half, you know. So I'm trying to be like, hey, listen. Sometimes we give people authority because they, you know, that's how society needs to run. But it's like, you know, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So I don't know if you have any suggestions or advice or anything. I my so I hang out with my neighbor's kid a lot, who's like three, so mm-hmm. kind of similar age, and he's I'm not gonna say he's bad, but he's rambo. He's bad. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, not like he's not smoking cigarettes or anything, but you know, he's he's rambunctious. Yeah. You just trick him, and and but I don't have to live with the tricks. Like if I tell him a lie that mm-hmm. scares him, mm-hmm. I can just go home afterwards. Mm-hmm. But his parents might have to kind of keep up that lie or like. Yeah. Uh, I, I my number one go to thing with kids. Is all in old people is just trick them and like tell them a lie like oh you're you'll she'll kill you if yeah, you yeah, act yeah. up right um, and it's hard to know how many of those lies will stick with them because yeah. you don't really start forming memories until you're six uh-huh. and so like if you tell a bunch of fake stuff that scares him he might only remember a little bit of it and okay. so like the actual trauma done from that is probably comparable to regular discipline right that's more time consuming right yeah because part of me is like you know we pay so much money for this place like that's like your problem i I see how people become shitty parents yeah yeah you know because i'm like well i don't know figure it out 
Well, I think what you should start doing now is start docking any future earnings he has. So, okay. like, anytime, like, I mean, it's it's have him sign a contract, which is legally binding because he is your kid and you're giving him permission to sign a contract like mm-hmm. you would in a situation that was signed with someone who is not the parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically promising you that every time he acts out, he's giving you either 1% more of his future earnings or he's giving you, like, a certain set amount of, of money by, you know, a certain date or whatever. Okay. And then just put him to put him work when it's like 14 okay and then he's kind of it's like an indentured servitude position that right. he has he can't get a job he can just work it off at home and you can kind of keep him in the house your wife loves him a lot yeah oh yeah oh she's not gonna want him to go to college or anything um no so i guess he could just be our like our little butler or something yeah that's a word for it but like yeah yeah like yeah <laughs> like a guy who you know does things for free for you and lives there yeah um and you know it's eventually when you can kind of lease them out to other people it's all good. But yeah, I think that that would be my solution cuz you're you're of course he's going to act bad now, but every time he acts bad, it's kind of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, well, all right, you know, one I got this in the back pocket for later. Mm-hmm. Probably till he's 40. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah, you got to make him afraid of something. Mm-hmm. And then you bring that thing up every time. You go my, with my sister, she would say, um, you know, bears are the bears are going to come and then he would think like a bear could show up anywhere mm-hmm. and attack him, my nephew. Oh, okay. And maybe your son needs, you know, that type of fear in him that yeah. a bear could attack at any time. Yeah. Sh- show him a picture of um I don't know, like a skeleton or something. Every okay. Day. What scares kids? Yeah, I'll show my picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Sean's gonna Uncle come Sean. over. Yeah. Does he have any family members he hates? Uh, not really. Maybe just my mom. Oh, there we go. Well, every time, yeah, he, actually, no, he bit my grandmother. He Jesus. bit my ninety-eight year old grandmother because she she went to hug him. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you bite her? Uh, like on her hand, I think. Jeez, oh, yeah, like a yeah, dog. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to hug you. Yeah, you know, yeah. true. Never too early to start teaching about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say just drop him off with Sean. Yeah. Or make him smoke okay. a whole pack of cigarettes. That's my. I mean, that was later in life, but okay. you know, it's never. That'll teach him. Well, that'll teach two lessons in one. Don't do the bad thing you're doing now at two and a half. Yeah. Plus, you have the added benefit of looking fucking cool to right. all your, you know, other people you got to whatever daycare with. Right. And that'll probably put them off smoking later. Right. I like that. You said your mom hit you with the spoon, but was, but you said her heart wasn't in it, or your dad's. My wasn't? my dad hit me with the spoon. His 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 heart was not in it. I feel like okay. he just like heard that you should do that sometimes. Yeah. I think my mom kind of, my mom would stand at the base of the stairs and yell at me and my brother and she'd point she'd be like get up in your room and then we'd be like well you're going to hit me when I run past and then she would say that she wouldn't and then she would hit us one time on That's, the way up the stairs like, I think she I think she liked it like where would she <laughs> with, hit you with the with her hand or with the spoon with the spoon yeah so you get one you get one whack on the way up to the That's cor- corralling to your room mm-hmm. yeah that kind of teaches you certain dexterity <laughs> Like, you yeah. know, as a kid, like you can, you'd have to, you have to dodge something in real life that is actual danger. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's some useful skills. Yeah. Um, I got my mouth washed out with soap. Oh yeah, me too. You did? Yeah. Did they use bar soap or liquid soap? I believe it was bar soap. Okay. Liquid sounds worse. Yeah. Liquid was weird. My mom used both. <laughs> she just like took a thing of Dove hand soap and like pumped it into my mouth. <laughs> Squirting, standing, standing over your kid, just pouring Dr. Yeah, Bronner's yeah, yeah. into his mouth. <laughs> that is not how it's supposed to be. No, 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 no. You're supposed That's to use like bar. poisonous. Yeah. You yeah, just yeah, hold yeah, it in your yeah, mouth yeah, and yeah. go, ew, gross. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, dish soap that bubbles up. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you're just burping bubbles for a long time. I feel like I was, I was, I don't know if I was disciplined enough as a child now that I think about it. Because none mm-hmm. of those things, I, you know what I had to do is I had to sit, my parents would make me sit and stare at a wall. Mm-hmm. Like time out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that made a big impression on me. Mm-hmm. But it didn't deter me from doing bad things. Right. Yeah, that's kind of a weird punishment. But I guess punishments are inherently kind of weird. Yeah. 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 Well, and then they put you, what, in the monarch school and you ran away? That's true. I did get sent to a, uh, to a like, uh, troubled teen institution. And, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they did a lot of, they had to do, like, age regression stuff. And, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, we had to constantly tell everybody our worst secrets. But, you know, I was 13. I wasn't that bad. So I just mm-hmm. had to make a bunch of shit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so I did, I did have a lot of novelty punishments there. We, our big thing there is if you swore, you had to put rocks in your pocket. And if you okay. swore like four times, you had to sleep with a rock as a pillow. Okay. So you had to like sleep with a, no, that was a different place I went to to sleep with a rock as a pillow, but I had to sleep with a rock as a pillow for like a month at one point. And they would check if you were actually like resting your head on the rock. Yeah. Um, but I had to dig stumps up if I got in trouble at the school I went to. And I used that. That was actually, it was kind of perfect because it was the only time you could be alone. And so I would jack off. Okay. I would jack off like three, four times a day okay. in the woods. But nothing, I'd never seen a tit yeah. in the flesh. Yeah, I had yeah. seen, I believe, one or two breasts on the internet, but very few. Right. And so this was like pure imagination. Did I was you like carve a, the stumps into a set of a set of tits? They did take on an erotic quality, but it's much yeah. more phallic than yeah, yeah. breasts-like. Yeah. <laughs> and it's mother nature or whatever, but it's yeah. very, there's, there's a certain cock-like element to a tree. Nice. Uh, and uh, I would just imagine what women would eventually look like. I, I really had a very uh, hazy idea of what, what was going on in mm-hmm. clothes. And mm-hmm. so I just thought about it for hours and hours and hours at a time. So it wasn't yeah. really a punishment. It was more like an awakening of my sexuality. Yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of surprising when you first start seeing girls naked. Oh, yeah. you, but like you, you don't really expect them to look like that. Yeah, I don't know what I expected, but (laughs) it wasn't that. It's good. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I just, I kind of thought there was something else ill-defined there. Yeah. Uh, Like a penis or something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because that would be, oh my God, if they had though and no tits. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like shortish hair or like a fucking kind of like a Statham, Jason Statham haircut. Uh Yeah. And just like. If their bodies were a little harder. Yeah, like way harder and just like more defined and taller than me. Uh That like, that's kind of what I expected and currently want women to look like. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, we all settle. Yeah. I remember I gave my mom the finger one time behind her back (laughs) (laughs) and that felt pretty cool. Yeah. But my grandfather was at my house and he saw it. So, so he, so I went. And then, and then he was like, did you see that? He's like, she's like, what? He's like, the finger. <laughs> did you get in yeah. trouble for it? Yeah, but I forget what they did. They were just upset with me. She made you wash you your know. hands? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like I used to do, I used to, the finger is like a prominent part of one's youth, but I feel like you sort of lose, it's only, you really only bust it out at certain times later in life. Sure. Yeah, it's way more playful as an adult. You can't throw yeah. someone the finger and expect them to be like, damn. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, all right, yeah. man. Yeah. And um, if you extend your hand, you know, too far out, then it's out there. You kind of just, yeah, it's it's more of a nonchalant hello. Well, as an adult, you gotta you gotta throw up the thumb too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It's like more street. It's like a gang sign for for angry guys. Yeah, it's a tip of the hat. Yeah, because yeah. getting the finger is like there's not really you can't you can't do it again because like because <laughs> they it that was their move. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, you can do double. 
mm-hmm. and then kind of like a hip thrusting thing too. But then it's yeah. you're getting really into territory that you might be inviting something that you didn't want. <laughs> yeah. You do the suck it. I like the. You suck can do it. the suck it. The X suck it is fun. <laughs> this one. You just, or yeah. no, 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 no. The. Uh, Oh, that, yeah, thing. but that one's so that one's that was a big in my middle school, but it it, yeah. it was always kind of playful. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. No, but if you're an adult in traffic, you got a convertible. <laughs> you got a convertible. You, know? you stand up and you say, "Suck it." I feel like, like from when you're like 20 onwards, you should really only point a gun at somebody if you're angry at them. You're right. Like in traffic or whatever, because they mm-hmm. can't do any. You're trying to get away. It's like mm-hmm. it's we're in L.A. It's the freeway. You can't get away. <laughs> yeah. And then you just sort of follow them to wherever they're going. You don't yeah. shoot them or anything. Yeah. You just yeah, kind of yeah. freak them out a little bit. Or maybe give them one of these. But that's not. That's <laughs> kind of. That's kind of empty anyway. That's yeah. Empty well, it's your hand is literally empty. But like, yeah. or. Putting your hand in your jacket pocket, oh, okay, following someone down the street is really yeah. good. I do that. On the, I sit on the subway, full thing like this, uh-huh. making eye contact with everybody. First of all, with uh-huh. the women to let them know that if anything happens, right, right. I'm up They're safe. <laughs> and then, and then if a guy, it's like is looks scary to me, or is of any ethnicity besides yeah. the one that I belong to, mm-hmm. I do the gun motion at them. Oh, okay, not to try to freak them out. What I'm doing is muscle memory. Okay. For when I draw and strike, okay. that I'm completely prepared, prepared. to prepared yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah And he yeah. knows that. Yeah. I'm gonna start doing that. Yeah. And plus, it's a come hither. If they get mad at me, if they're too scary, I can uh-huh. be like, "No, I was coming on to you." Oh, okay. Nice. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna cut my hair into a mohawk. Yeah. Wear like a green army jacket. Yeah. Uh, what I would do, I'd just ride shirtless. See if someone say, say something. Okay. Say something about what I'm. I've got going on here. Uh, but it's harder to pretend you have a gun in your jacket pocket sure, that way. Sure, sure. Right. You kind of got to pretend it's within it's in your crotch somewhere. I also, I have like the worst body, too. Yeah, mine not. Have, that's I, not yeah. great. Mike has big nipples. I have pretty I big nipples. Well, the swastika. Yeah, it's and it's and I do and it's and it's it's I will say this: the swastika has a hugely bad rap because of events. But mm. the one it is yours is the peace one. Oh, it's the Indian one, yeah. Yes, which yeah. I never understood because you are racist, mm-hmm. and that was just like that. That combining those two things, <laughs> yeah, it to me has just been an incredible. Because riding the subway with you shirtless is is an experience. We can only kind of go to Chinatown, right? Because they get it, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question though. Like, what actually works in terms of disciplining your kids? Because I mean, yeah. it seems like hitting them doesn't really do much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my uncle sent both my cousins to military school. Yeah. Which really. now looking back on that, I go, you're you're lazy. What did you, but did it make your cousins like good? Uh I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's like well, a crapshoot because you're like it's like a punishment that lasts for years and you're like, it might not work. And it yeah. teaches them how to shoot a gun. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> right, right. I don't I feel like getting yelled at sucks, but it doesn't like everything sucks when it happens. Uh-huh. But I'm not sure that anything actually prevented me from doing future bad things. Okay. But what were some of the bad things that you did? I smoked from a very early age. How, I, how young? Uh, like 11 or 12. Okay. I think I started smoking at 12. Okay. And then it was You like, probably had sex really early too, right? 14, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Bald, so cool, man. Bald woman. Really? Bald That's cool. girl. Yeah. 14-year-old girl. But she was bald? Okay. She had, well, not due to genetics or whatever. She had done it on purpose. She also had a okay. rat. Bald rat. I had lost my virginity in a punk house called The Hole. Okay. When I was a runaway. And all of my friends were humiliatingly standing outside the door, b- pounding on it, and I fake busted a nut. I went, oh! Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, man. Oh, that was great, because I was so nervous. Yeah. Uh, the first three girls I had sex with, 
uh, were all had all had shaved heads. Nice. It's which was not on purpose, but yeah, I, yeah, I started smoking early. I got Spitting I was on probation at, at uh, yeah, thirteen. What camps were you at? Yeah, <laughs> where were you getting laid, buddy? St. Jude's Children's <laughs> Hospital. Yeah, I was, no, I got I was laid, picking up we girls here. at Dachau. <laughs> I got laid by the Monsignor, uh-huh. uh, a couple of couple of PE teachers at, in my school district. Really? No, oh, okay. <laughs> I would just oh. be describing getting molested. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah, my, some of my dad's friends. Um, I did work with a guy at the at the moving company years ago. And I mean, I've told this story on stage, but uh, he goes, uh, one time he was like, yeah, man, I got my dick sucked when I was five. <laughs> he told me that like his babysitter sucked no, his dick. <laughs> He's like, yeah, my 11-year-old babysitter sucked. And then this Jesus. guy was like 50 years old. And and uh, yeah, and then I had to like tell him that he was molested. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, no, I'm cool. Yeah, he's like, what are you talking? Like, yeah, like, that would, yeah. if that's like part of your identity at that age, it's like you you're never gonna <laughs> accept that you were molested. No, no, no. <laughs> and it obviously, yeah. I mean, it must have helped him in some way. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah he thinks he's a ladies' man since exactly. he was seven. Yeah, 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 like they can't. Res- I was so hot. As yeah, a I was the hottest old, child. And I've only yeah. matured into it. Yeah, I I I was bad, but I wasn't. I, like, I think it's probably for everybody. You think you're bad as a kid and then you find out what other kids are doing and you're like oh you're way worse Mm -hmm. because like having sex isn't bad it's cool Mm -hmm. uh but like kids other kids i knew were like selling coke and stuff and like i never did that right i wouldn't know how to get coke when i was right to like adults to yeah i would have to like interface with like a 20 year old guy (laughs) to do that it's just insane and so I was I was just hanging out with like bad kids mm-hmm. in San Francisco, but not like I myself. I wasn't like a terror or nothing. Mm-hmm. I was on probation for uh, a fire, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't set the fire. I just got blamed for it. Okay, but that sort of set the narrative for. And my pr- punishment there was I got sent away. Yeah, right. and but, then so uh, you were fourteen when you got sent away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know the fire. I mean, really, it's the building owners' responsibility for not following those codes exactly. that all those people died. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I should I should mention the fire. This happened during nine eleven. So I set an auxiliary fire in this building near it, which ended up taking the whole thing down. And mm-hmm. all these people have these conspiracy theories about it. But oh, so you just kind of got overshadowed. It was just over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and my friends. Uh, took down building seven just kind of as like a goof. Yeah. Right. We like figured, a jackass. You were watching jackass at the time. Yeah, just, yeah, it was a CKI kind of thing. Sure. And it was like, yeah, we, we figured, you know, they're taking down some buildings. We might as well finish the job. Yeah, there was a Securities and Exchange Commission office there, but we were just setting fires. Mm-hmm. I was I supposed to know the Pentagon got hit that day. Hey, uh, do, you, do you remember like six or seven years ago, there was that building in Oakland that burned down and it was like a, it was like an artist, like, oh yeah, ghost space. ship. Yeah. Yeah. That like changed a lot in the Bay Area. Really? That was, yeah, a bunch, I didn't know anyone who died in that, but like a bunch of my friends' friends died in that. And really? it was, I'd been there before and there was a few of those like warehouses that were very similar around like the same spot. Yeah. And it was like, they were all death traps. Yeah. I mean, it was completely like, and it was like, yeah, it, it, there was a lot, I spent a lot of time in places not like that. That place was like a little different scene than I would, but like a lot of punk warehouses and mm-hmm. like none of them had like fire exits or anything like and like yeah. windows or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Um, but that it like, had to be a long time ago because Matt Lauer was interviewing the guy. I guess the guy who managed the building yeah, or, whatever, yeah, or owned yeah. the building or something. And the guy was like, "Yeah, it's just horrible. Like all these beautiful souls were trapped in there." <laughs> I mean, it's horrible too. Like yeah. I read a description like a couple of years ago because yeah. I was just kind of like thinking about it. Yeah, it's a terrible way to die. But, like, uh, that shut down, like, basically every venue in the Bay Area. Really? Yeah. It was, like, after that, they, like, shut everything down over Sure. It's terrible because it's, it's so hard to, like, find a place to live. Yeah. 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 Like, 
like it's yeah, just it's just the the rent's high and you go. Well, especially it's like warehouse and, uh, people. Yeah. I feel like there's used to be a lot of those kind of people in the Bay Area, like people who just like lived in these kind of like venue spaces, yeah. art spaces or whatever. And like there's that shit here too, but like the Bay had like a lot of just like warehouse districts that nobody, it's like still cheap to live in and that that's all over now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what those people do now. I guess they like live in apartments probably. Hopefully. But that's, I mean, I never, I'll be honest with you. Maybe they live in tiny houses. I've never been, the people who live in the warehouse, uh-huh. I don't want to live in the warehouse. Yeah, me neither. I love a door. Yeah. When I was a kid, I wanted to live in a warehouse. Yeah. Wayne's World 2, they live in the warehouse. Yeah, that's a cool, that's. Oh, I wanted that so bad. Yeah, I, I've just. Yeah, I see, wanna... if you live in a warehouse, it's easier to get your penis nailed into a piece of wood. <laughs> yes. Well, you also, yeah, the other thing too is like, you know, I never want to live where the party is. Yeah, it's right. It's like never right. have a part of your house, but you sure. live at a place where there it's like living at a bar or something. Yeah. You can never like have like you can never you have Quiet to clean time. up. Yeah. Yeah. And but also you have to clean up. Yeah. And then like everyone gets mad at you and then something bad happens, it's kind of your fault. It's yeah, it's a it's a fucking night. It's a bureaucratic nightmare. Yeah. But I spent a lot I got chased by wild dogs right by where where Ghost Ship was when okay. I was a kid. I got chased by wild dogs twice in my life, both times in Oakland. And I got to tell you, the craziest experience of my life. Because mm. you don't expect to see them. Yeah. yeah. And then I think they were like fighting dogs that people had bred or something that okay. kind of like escaped. And I, I'm not a runner, mm-hmm. as you can probably tell by interacting with me. Uh, but uh, I, I was like like fully like how they do in the movies when guys are running really fast like yeah. doing this thing where mm-hmm. you're almost punching like vertically mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and I escaped but I've never and now I just when I see dogs like that I'm just like alright yeah 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 you you reach in you reach into your jacket I just go like this at dogs. I go to the dog park <laughs> once a day basically and just do that to yeah. people's dogs and be just, just checking yeah it's also from when they put out those robot dogs like mm-hmm. the police robot dogs mm-hmm. people will hesitate when they see those before firing, mm-hmm. but I've killed so many dogs that at this point I'll probably be the only. I'll be like a the the Terminator guy, the good nice. the human guy okay. from Terminator. No delay, nice. no delay, because I have no. I, there's nothing. There's no difference between a dog and a robot dog to me. Yeah, I had this friend named Mark. He was like my boss at work, and he was this like real dumb jacked guy with a shaved head. He's from yeah. Maryland, and uh, one time we were hanging out. He was like, "Remember, I taught you how to kill a dog, right?" Jesus Christ! And I guess what you do is like if you if you want if you need if you're in a situation where you need to kill a dog. You put your arm around its neck and then right. you like fall. It's, it's fucking the white girl you're dating. <laughs> <laughs> you walk in on a dog and you <laughs> what the <girl>. fuck? <laughs> it just starts making these whining noises. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said arm around the neck and then what? You, fall? you put your arm around the, the dog's neck and then you like fall on the ground. You give it the stone cold stunner. You, wow. you kind of give it a stone cold stunner and it breaks its neck. When I was in middle school. One of the first times I got drunk was uh, in these bushes that kids used to get drunk in, like this, like sort of dugout behind mm-hmm. these bushes. And uh, the this girl I had a big crush on, I saw her, like just walking around, like near near there. And I was like, and she seemed kind of drunk too. And my friends were like, "What's going on? What are you doing?" And she's like, "I just came from this other girl's house, and she put peanut butter on her vagina." And the dog licked it off. And I had known about that, like, yeah. urban legend or yeah. whatever. And I was like, is this, you really saw it? She's like, I just saw her do it. Like, it's not not a joke. Found out last year. Yeah. Peanut butter girl. Yeah. She's dead. No. Damn. Oh, what? She was allergic to peanut butter? Yeah. But it's just, this is just. 
this is but this is what I'm saying about, about <laughs> imagine forgetting you want to get your pussy eaten so <laughs> yeah, bad yeah. by a dog you forget <laughs> your house <laughs> her parents are away for the weekend they're like so afraid she's gonna OD <laughs> it had chocolate in it the dog dies <laughs> you're so horny and so eager to have that dog eat <laughs> yeah, your pussy yeah, right? yeah that you yeah <laughs> but I mean this is what I'm saying about about you raising your son mm-hmm. is that there's so many disciplinary actions you can take against him now, yeah. but nothing will prepare him for what he's going to face out there. Right. Uh-huh. So the only thing you can really do is just make him a bully. Mm. Okay. So That's just be like, like yeah, you, you've, I'm sure you, you've dealt with, um, maybe he's a little too young, but like, you know, there's parents who are like, yeah, fuck your teacher. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah fuck that bitch. Or yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're my man. Like do whatever you want. Yeah. You have to make him, completely mentally insane okay. like just be like hugely narcissistic egotistical yeah, just like yeah, think yeah. he is so make him into like the ultimate bully because okay. now that you have a kid you're like god mm-hmm. you can do whatever you're right, making right, right. a new thing it's yeah it's like That's the good. sims i'm yeah. imagining all right wait wait i'm imagining like uh, uh killing a, uh, your girlfriend's dog with a technique mike said and then you just like smash two beer cans together like stone cold and pour them <laughs> over your face yeah. you start going <laughs> Um, it's like, like you should, you should teach him how to be tough right now Mm -hmm. because the honor that comes with being able to be a bully Mm -hmm. is, well, actually I guess there isn't any, but you can make him into like a kind of a a bully with honor. So like he only bullies boys that are smaller than him. He doesn't like beat up chicks or anything. But I feel like this new generation, they're not really into that though. Like they, they more bully, but like collectively, Online if you, and shit. yeah, if yeah. you're like transphobic or something, yeah, no, make they, him, they you, bully the transphobes till they kill themselves. Exactly. You yeah. gotta, you, he, I, I want your son to have a, have a, have a notch by like fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I want him to have caused a suicide by then. <laughs> yeah. What, be one of the 13 reasons why. So I want to him to be alive. all 13 reasons why. <laughs> Benjamin, Benjamin, Benjamin. <laughs> uh, like he should, you should, first of all, HDH. Mm-hmm. Yes, you gotta hit. I want him looking like Bezos by the time he okay. hits first grade. Okay, just completely rounded muscles like yeah. all over his body. Okay, uh, and give him a chain. Okay, like all kinds of chain, wallet chain, chain around his his you know his, uh, instead of a belt, and just like a chain that he swings. I think yeah. if you distract him, I, it's, again, it comes back to distracting. You got to distract your fucking kid. Okay, right. That's the only. There, you can't discipline a two and a half year old. Yeah, he's right. not gonna. He's gonna forget. That's the thing is like the daycare director is being like, oh, yeah, please, please talk to him. And and she was like sort of imply she was saying that like sometimes she was like, he's not in danger of getting kicked out, but sometimes kids do get kicked out. Yeah, yeah. Because there's obviously a waiting list, you know, yeah. so they want. Um, so, yeah, so maybe he's going to have to just. Uh, is he unhappy? Why is he acting out? Is he? A- I, he might be like the oldest kid and he just yeah. like doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't like to clean up or anything. I got my hair cut the other day, and the barber had a, like a, a basket of toys, mm-hmm. and he like dumped the toys on the ground. Then when it was time to go, I was like, "All right, time to clean up," and he just like stood there and watched me clean up. <laughs> and the fucking dude, and the basket of toys had like hair clippings in it. It's like <laughs> I was like, "Why?" It's like me with the microphones after we finish recording. Just <laughs> just let push Mike it do over. <laughs> make a big tie them worse. Because I, yeah. I feel like two and a half, you don't th- remember anything, right? Like, the, no. how, what's his memory? There's no like? way. I don't know. I don't know. There's some things that he that he like remembers, but the other thing too is like I'm so removed from it that yeah. I can see why parents are like you know yeah. do this when you go to school because they don't have to see the, <laughs> yeah, the actual yeah, bad yeah, behavior. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? I don't know. Maybe like 
I any any actual solution I have, I'm like, no, that would probably traumatize him for the rest. of I'm like, shave his head. Mm-hmm. But also, he's a two. What do you want to have sex with him? <laughs> <laughs> um, or like, I, you know, it's but every yeah, everything I have would lead like a permanent mark on him as a psyche. Yeah, and so I think just uh, just tell the fuck honestly, what you should just do is tell the lady at the fucking daycare that you talked to him uh-huh. and gave him a stern dressing down yeah and then if his behavior changes it changes if it doesn't it doesn't that's what i yeah that's, that's probably what, what you're gonna do anyways right i think yeah. so yeah <laughs> but you know it's interesting because like brace you turned out to be a pretty successful guy so like you look at these uh these parenting techniques you know and you ended up running away from home mm-hmm. you, you're a charismatic guy i wonder uh, did getting did being on the street essentially teach you how to be charismatic, or were you always that way? Or maybe you know, maybe uh, maybe there is a lesson in that. Maybe you do just have to kick Benjamin out on the street. I was annoying, but I think definitely getting sent away made me be annoying in a more. Uh like pragmatic way. Were you walking around the street being like, hey buddy, you want to win a big bear for your girl? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's like a carny. But, yeah, um, like a tr- yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that, I mean, I don't know. I think I was just like, I getting sent away was so insane for me and like mm-hmm. so kind of traumatizing mm-hmm. that I was like, I have to use the only thing I can do to try to get out of this as a child is yeah. like to like trick adults. Right. Yeah. So that's, I got really good at that. Uh-huh. So I was essentially a carny. Yeah. And like, cause so like, like when I and I, I ran away and I was there for a year and I, they I like lied to them and was like I'm I'm fixed like I'm changing. Uh-huh. They sent me home to go like burn my like misfit CDs uh-huh. and like your parents I, or the or the school. The school. Okay. But like my parents were like. But you ran away from the school. I ran away from this like three day home visit that I got. Okay. My first time I'd been home in like over a year. Okay. And uh, I was on the run for like four months. And in that period, I learned how to like uh, trick people. Because I would always, cops would come up to me. Because mm-hmm. I was obviously like not in school. And it'd be like a Tuesday yeah. at like noon or whatever. Uh, and I just had so many fucking excuses. Uh, mm-hmm. Until I eventually got arrested for being a delinquent. Actually, for being with a ball, different ball girl underneath the bridge at Dolores Park. Drinking at like 2 p.m. Nice. Uh, and that was, I had no excuse for that. But... I, uh, my parents hired a private detective to come after me. And what I did is I took a Greyhound bus to LA. I borrowed $40 from this, uh, this Dude, lady. My uncle who sent his kids to military school is a private detective. No shit. Yeah. They're Very... fucking bums. Yeah. 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 It's they, they don't, they don't, <laughs> yeah. they, they're constantly, I, I, I've, I know one private detective. He's a fucking loser. Yeah. yeah but yeah. it's like, they, they don't, it's. I, they oversell. They, yeah, they lean yeah, yeah. on a lot you of the You would think media. it'd be a cool job. Like, no. you wear a fedora, no. you know? It's just hard-working Americans pretending to have back pain after their car accident that yeah. Mike's uncle goes yes. and busts. And he's a professional Turns out he can do rat. yard work. <laughs> like, yeah. I saw I saw you fucking your wife and that dog <laughs> in a freezer. <laughs> and you were doing crazy bend-back shit. You were on top. I saw you jacking off. <laughs> yeah. I saw you jacking off with a straight back. <laughs> yeah. My uncle was a private detective and uh, his wife was cheating on him for like 15 years really? until he died. And he had, like, <laughs> oh my God. He, he had like no clue. And I just thought it was so Jesus. funny that there's this guy who's like, hmm. Like, he has no idea his wife's fucking somebody. Yeah. Wow. He, he finds out, he tells his wife, like, just don't tell my clients, please. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's yeah, always like yeah. working on hunches and shit. Rules. My uncle would like piss in Dunkin' Donuts cups and then leave them in his car. Jesus. And and his urine, the acid from his urine would burn the cups. And oh. they, he would just spill piss all over his fucking Christ. <laughs> and he would listen to like conservative talk radio yeah, the whole yeah. time. Yeah. And just film. I mean, while I would really like, I would, I would, 
like to sit there in a car filming someone with a VHS camera like the or not a VHS but yeah. like a little uh, little video camera like this. Mm-hmm. I feel like unless I saw you fucking cheating, like I'm like this job sucks. Yeah. I just like I I, I want to like I would want to like bust into the motel room and be like, I see what you guys are doing, <laughs> and then try to upcharge them for me not to tell the husband. Mm, okay. Like that's what that's like you if you're a private detective yeah. who has like even just regular amount of morals mm-hmm. like you're it's boring mm-hmm. but if you have no morals it's probably the most fun job in the world because yeah, yeah, yeah. you can just escalate blackmail on everybody yeah, involved yeah then you go back to the wife and you're like he wasn't doing it he wasn't doing yeah. yeah yeah he was going to church <laughs> it's a deleted scene in the long goodbye where he gets in the car he's like Marla this smells like piss <laughs> <laughs> yeah working on it um. <laughs> Yeah, it's he just I, gets in the car and there's like, and they're coming in through the border. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this private eye, like I, I made this private detective or whatever. I, I, I took a Greyhound bus to L.A. My, my grand plan as a 14 year old was I was gonna be there for like two weeks and then get a ride back because I knew my friends are going there in a couple of weeks. I can get a ride back up with them okay. and call my parents from a payphone. They look at the number. They send the guy to L.A. Mm. and it worked out completely. Mm-hmm. And he was like telling my parents like, yeah, I'm like around Hollywood Boulevard and like there's people that say they've seen him. It's like, no, you haven't. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Have you seen this 14? 14- Imagine a guy coming to you on Hollywood Boulevard and like, have you seen this 14-year-old Yeah, boy? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did go, my first night there though, I did go to a guy's, this was probably the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life, but it turned out all right. Uh, I had just gotten off the ground. I had never been to LA. I don't know anybody in LA. And I'm like sitting there on like a little duffel bag. I'm like, oh fuck, I am I'm here. And this guy comes up to me and he's like, he looks I I guess in my head, I'm like, he look, should look more like a pedophile if he's a pedophile. <laughs> yeah. And he is like, Do you want to come to my house? Like, you look like a runaway. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, yeah, mister. <laughs> like, that sounds like such a good idea. Yeah. And I get there, he's like, Do you want a beer? And I'm like, no, I don't want a beer. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. 14. I do want a beer, but not like with you. <laughs> And then I sit down, and he just goes like, I'm doing it on your uh, yeah. leg. Yeah. And, Did he uh, do it like aggressively like that? Uh, it wasn't like a, yeah, it was like, I mean, it was aggra- It wasn't like he was going to like rape me or yeah. whatever, but it was like, let's do this right now. Like, right, you know, yeah. rock, rock your shit out. Me uh-huh. in the middle of a first date. Exactly. Yeah, well, I usually do that myself. I just Dinner's sit down at the table. Yet. You just start throwing up on braids. What, <laughs> what you do is you have full dinner with a woman. You stand out and your penis has been out of your flat <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> and you just stand up and you kind of like. You do the, the fucking popcorn movie trick at an Italian restaurant. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's at the bottom of like a like a fettuccine fettuccine yeah that has um, to be fake though right that popcorn trick i know a guy you, who did it really and it worked it wasn't really a trick he was kind of seeing the girl first of all how do you stay hard for that long second you're second not hard for, i think you have to have a big enough all over your dick i think you have to have a big enough dick burning uh-huh you have to have a big enough dick so it gets hard in the popcorn so that it's it can it can like stay in there yeah, like okay. in the hole, okay, and to like a point where they can reach it. But what's he doing? Bringing like a razor blade into the into the movie theater? <laughs> I think he did it with. How his do you thumb. cut the? But how do you get the hole in the popcorn? A paper bag. It's a paper bag okay. of popcorn. He does. You, oh, he hit it with. Oh, how do you get the bag of popcorn? No, how do you get the hole in the in the popcorn? You take the bag. You yeah. hit, it's already a little greasy on the bottom, and okay. you, I think he just uses. Th- this was again when we were like teenagers. Mm-hmm. I I could. I know both people involved in this. Okay. He did not get a hand job, but she did touch his penis. 
Okay. But they were dating. Yeah. What, so. what about a guy who he, he puts his penis in the popcorn and then she's about to start eating and she's like, you got to go put butter on it. And then you like <laughs> walk out to the lobby and you pump butter, hot butter onto your cock. Holding it like <laughs> That's not even butter. It's oil. Oh, you, yeah, just, right. you just, you start crying. <laughs> For women, it's what they'll do is they have a similar trick where they pour an entire Dr. Pepper into their vagina. Like, it's a straw trick. Like, hey, drink this. It's disgusting. You get brain freeze. Oh. Have you ever poured anything into a vagina? No. No. I did no, read as a kid, I found like my older sister's, you know, sex book or whatever, and there was a whole chapter about like don't blow into a pussy, don't What happens? They can kill them. It just they hurts. Die. It's like not nice and it hurts. Yeah. I, I heard you can die if you blow into a girl's face. <laughs> <laughs> Their head explodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what gives them wandering womb. Yeah. As you blow it off course. <laughs> After you kill your d- girlfriend's dog, you blow into her pussy to kill her. <laughs> yeah. As punishment. <laughs> as discipline. But I'm still not sure be but the the, the popcorn, um, the bags are like they're like plastic lined. I feel like so I don't feel I just don't feel like you're getting your dick into that without having some kind of exacto knife. I don't think that you could have a. I think that you could probably do it with your finger. Okay. Yeah, I think you could. Okay. I mean, he said he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> I feel like it would be difficult, impossible to maintain an erection unless you're watching a porno. Yeah. And like yeah. taxi driver style, taking the chick to see just an hour and a half long pornographic feature film. Right. Um, or you'd have to occasionally rustle around in there and jack off a little bit to maintain yeah, yeah. hardness while you're watching the Equalizer too. Right. Um, it, but I feel like if a woman touches it, there's still probably a lot of popcorn around it. Yeah. And so they're jacking you off with like like crumbs of popcorn, <laughs> yeah. sort of like yeah. around, like making extra veins on your penis. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably it's it's the the whole. Somebody's got to clean that up. You ever, yeah. Like the girl that works in my daycare quits because she's tired of cleaning up after my kids. And then she's got to sweep up popcorn <laughs> because oh, some guy. <laughs> Your son keeps cutting holes in all well, the bottoms of the snack. It's the only way that Orthodox Jews can get hand jobs. Oh, with pop, popcorn. <laughs> They're going to do it through the hole in the popcorn. It's got to be a matinee, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, only certain days of the week. Um, but yeah, Bryce, I, I did want to ask you uh, just about addiction because I guess you you got sent to the school because you were doing yeah. vandalism, and then you ran away, and then um, uh, like when did you start using drugs? When I was sixteen. How old are you? Me, I'm thirty five. Okay, so it's around. Well, I'm thirty four, so around the same age. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when OxyContin came out? Yeah, it was late nineties. Yeah, like, or like, I think ninety nine. But like, they, yeah, I mean, it came out before I started using it. But right. I remember at one year when I was like sixteen or seventeen, like people started doing it all the time. Right. And I had done like Vicodin maybe once or twice, like a pills or like you know in some small quantity. But then once I got my hands on an Oxycontin eighty, I was like, this is the greatest invention ever made and i want to feel like this all the time mm. and uh, i moved to the tenderloin in san francisco which is like kind of a crackhead neighborhood you're like telling all your fucking cross punk friends look the fda says it's non-addictive <laughs> it's good it's we good we can for, do as much of it as we want it's medicine um and i started uh i had a drug dealer which i never had before a consistent drug dealer who was a 65 year old egyptian guy named dr z uh, who i once saw get arrested for shooting a bird with a and killing it with a bb gun um, and who once stabbed his girlfriend with a samurai sword 
to a like very serious point of injury when my friend Eric was by. I thought you're supposed to slash with those things. No, he just fucking no, because I mean, I think, I think you are, but you know, you got to slide it in for the. Oh, okay. You know, to kill yourself, so okay. it is good, I think, for jamming at someone's guts. Okay, sorry. But once I started going to him, I had just had. He lived like three blocks from me, and so I just like started spending all my money on that. And then they made oxycodone illegal. And it's like, it's, it is really just the same story that like everybody had back then. They made it illegal. And then all of a sudden heroin was everywhere. Yeah. And I started doing heroin and heroin is like, I started snorting it and then I started uh, smoking it. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm just, I was like, I'm never going to shoot. I'm never going to shoot. I'm never going to shoot. Like that's what a junkie does. Right. Even though I was like dope sick all the time. Like I was a junkie. Uh, You're doing I, what the grandpa and little miss sunshine did. I've never seen it. Does he? He snorts heroin, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, we have, the, the funny thing is, on the West Coast, it's tar. And so it looks like cat shit. Okay. It's like a big piece of shit. Like, it doesn't look like like a line or anything. Like, they have, like, powder heroin on the West Coast, East Coast. Uh-huh. California, no. And so you actually aren't snorting powder. You're snorting liquid. Mm. So, like, you heat it up in a spoon like you would shoot it. And you have this like disgusting black liquid, and then you kind of just gotta like tilt it into your nostril or use like a plastic straw. It's the most foul shit that I've ever. I can like still taste the backwash from it. Uh, and then so eventually, like everyone starts shooting it. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I started doing that, I just did it all the time. And that's like less socially acceptable. Like your peers will not be down for that. <laughs> and yeah. so you, you know, I started keeping it a secret. And then I started doing meth, and then you know. It's, game over from there mm. how's meth you never done it no I, it's because I, I tweeted one time that i feel like i should smoke crack at some point mm. and then everybody was like people were like meth is much better meth is have you ever smoked crack yeah uh you, you prefer get, either one well it's hard to say because they they fill two different okay. niches okay meth i didn't like meth uh-huh. but meth I, you, you can't deny it. It gets you really high. Okay. It gets you so high when you shoot it. And it's like, shooting it is like, you feel like you're about to have a heart attack. It's mm. like one of these things, it's like, it's you feel like your body's filled with electricity. Mm-hmm. Crack, the only way I can, I've only smoked crack like four or five times. Uh, it just wasn't really like part of my lifestyle. But yeah. once you do smoke it, you're like, I get crack. You might want to examine that. Yeah. Well, you understand crack. Because you see a crack and you're like, you're a bum. Uh-huh. What, are you, what are you feeding for crack? Yeah. Just stop smoking crack. Once you smoke crack, you're like, I should smoke this forever. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's okay. cr- it is genuinely like, it is exactly as it's portrayed in all of movies and everything. You're like, okay. wow, all I want to do is smoke more crack. Oh, yeah. It's and you'll start do you'll do it for like twenty hours in a row. You'll just smoke crack because it only lasts for like fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. And what is that fifteen minutes? What are it's you so sick? It mm-hmm. is like it is. Uh, it's worth check this out. It's worth the price of being a crackhead. Okay, yeah. people, oh, yeah. crackheads, oh, wow. crackheads know what crackheads. They don't want are. you to know about that. <laughs> the like, government doesn't want you know, to know it's about their it. secret. It's, <laughs> it's so good that people are willing to risk just being a crackhead. Uh huh. Uh, it's like a really intense coke high. Yeah. Uh, and there's like a more intense like when you smoke it, like it like it hits you re- like a harder way than I mean I've never done good coke. I've done a lot of cocaine. Mm. Most of it just made me take shits at bars mm-hmm. and like not get hard ons. Mm-hmm. Crack is like it's stronger, mm. even though it's cheap and shitty, because it's like the way you're ingesting it. Okay, and you can you can fuck on it. Yeah, you, I never fucked on. I would fuck on heroin yeah. because I was like I didn't care, and so if a woman want to have sex, I'm like yeah, I'll do whatever. But you can't come. Yeah. Meth is really popular for gay guys uh-huh. to have sex with. They call it P and P, party and play. Okay, 
or cam sex, which is kind of very futuristic sounding. Okay. But when I would do meth, my dick would shrink. It would like do the opposite of a boner. Like it would get smaller. Okay. And I would be like, I have no idea how people can do. Like, have you ever done a lot of amphetamines, like a ton of Adderall or anything at once? It makes your dick smaller. People okay. will know what I'm talking about. Uh, Permanently or just one? No, but well, mine, it's hard to tell. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. no number less than zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, well, I guess there's negatives, but that's, Permanent. would be, uh, but it it uh, it just like makes it so like, it's like the, op. your penis gets to its smallest possible state for me. But then some guys will be like, they'll just like smoke meth and just like have gay sex for like three or four days in a row. Jeez. Um, but I was, the thing what is, what kind I, of jobs do they have? <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, know. Where I want, yeah. Creative, creative agencies, yeah, yeah, yeah. I assume. Love to get a job where those guys are working. I got to take so. a bunch of Adderall so I can fit my dick in this popcorn box. <laughs> yeah. I got to shrink it down a bit. Dude, I think I work on this podcast every single day. I don't have, I don't ever have a day off from this podcast. I'm always <laughs> thinking about that's it. That's very true. <laughs> um, but it's, meth is, I really didn't like it. I just, at that point I was on so much heroin that the only way I could feel high when I shot up mm. is if I did what's called a goofball, mm-hmm. whereas you mix methamphetamine and heroin in the same shot and then mm. do it. And it would give you, it was also the only way I could take a shit. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't shit for like five or six days. And then I'd do a big shot of meth in this Indian restaurant bathroom when I was shot up. And I would take the longest, physically longest dump that you could possibly imagine, like a like a like a anaconda. Uh huh. That's that's the healthy shit, though, right? Uh, at that point, I was basically only eating muffins. I would eat a muffin like once every couple of days, and so it was just like that coming out of me. But yeah, it was it was it it's that was I was like truly addicted to meth, even though I never enjoyed it a single time that I did it. Oh, really? So, yeah. like, about how many years did you do heroin and what made you get off? I did heroin probably for, like, three, four years. Uh, p- like, opiates for, like, six, seven years. Uh, meth for a year and a half. And then, like, coke. And I drank to excess since I was, like, a child. Uh, I got arrested buying meth uh, on Market Street in San Francisco at three in the morning and Market Street is like very at that point it would be very, very quiet. And I think the police did profile me like a kind of, you know, schlumpy white guy talking to like a kind of big black guy. And like that there's a drug deal happening. And they were completely correct. And so I got busted like mid like buying drugs. Yeah. And uh thankfully San Francisco is a very lenient uh drug policy. And so I got diversion if I would go to like this uh, state sanctioned rehab or whatever, and I went and then I immediately relapsed. But I realized that was like the first time I'd not been on drugs in years. And I was like, you know, it's like looking back in horror, like, oh my God, like I've stolen so much money from everyone I know. Everyone I know hates me. Mm. My bo- I weigh like 95 pounds. Like I, I have no money. I owe so much money. Yeah, yeah you got really fat. Yeah, I did. I, <laughs> it's what happens. Uh, and uh, who'd you steal money from? Oh, girlfriend. Hmm. That was the that was the main one. Um and you friends. Stole, stole her haircut budget. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I that was I'd moved on from bald headed women at this point <laughs> in my life. Um but I stole money from everyone I knew, from my job, from former jobs, like yeah. I mean every every single place I had, I had my parents. Yeah. I would break into their house and steal stuff. Yeah. Uh and I stole from drug dealers, uh, which got me in some. Uh, you were like Omar from The Wire. Uh, yeah, that would be 
Thank, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. But it was a you, little. You just called you gay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, in that respect, yes. Uh, I was Omar. I think was like, oh, they were scared of him. Right. And in my case, it was the precise opposite. Mm-hmm. I was scared. I had a heroin dealer that had multiple sclerosis, and I was scared of him because mm-hmm. like he's got nothing. He'll shoot me. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll never lock him up. He's yeah. MS. Yeah. Uh, I used to buy heroin from him at the hospital, which was funny because I'm like, well, I have a lot of. Well, that kind of stuff sure. in here. But uh, I, um, yeah, I, I just like, it's one of those things where it's like, you look, I think this happens to a lot of people who get sober. You like, are it's so scary to look how fucked up you've been to everybody and to yourself for so long that like, you want to just immediately get high again to like not think yeah. about oh, okay. it. So I did that for like a year and I, I was like in and out of halfway houses and like detoxes until finally I was just like, so tired and also physically ill that I just I just gave up and I was like I'm just not gonna I'm I'm done mm-hmm. and I just I, I got kicked out of this detox and I ended up uh, for being nasty yeah and uh, I ended up just detoxing in this like basement windowless basement for a couple of weeks and then since then I've, I've it was like nine years ago and you did that on your own I well with the help of. Uh, yeah, blood pressure medication, but yeah. Okay. I took a lot of blood pressure medication. And that works. Okay. Well, like propanolol or... No, I did take propanolol, uh, but no, uh, clonidine. Okay. And it lowers your blood pressure like crazy, but you, so you're like functionally a zombie. You're like, yes, thank you. But you also can't feel like the, like the terror and the like... Uh, f- like the fear and the self-loathing and like the 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 nausea that you would otherwise feel when you're you're in withdrawals, and so it kind of gets you through that. I mean, it doesn't feel good, and you still like have diarrhea and everything, but it makes you so sluggish and brain dead that it, it kind of like gets gets past the worst of it. Hmm. I'm just always curious because it's like you know, I, I, there's a statistic from uh, Council on Foreign Relations. You know, 1,500 Americans die of opioid overdoses every week. Oh yeah, it's like that's you know every two weeks there's another 9/11 of this, and it's crazy because it's like it doesn't seem like there's any real plan except for just let these people die out. Um, so I am always just kind of curious what. Uh, if you have any thoughts on what actually works in terms of of getting sober or, or helping people you know who are suffering from these addictions, um, and I, I, you know, I'm very glad that you got out before fentanyl hit because I think yeah. that's what happened with a lot of people is like if they could get out, you know, what it was still pills, what it was still heroin, there were a lot less overdoses before fentanyl came around. Absolutely, yeah. I, I did, fentanyl was like mythical to us when we were when I was I was doing heroin. It was like the like yeah, I would read about it, like oh my god, it's a hundred times stronger, or whatever. I did it one time. My dealer got some because it was really rare back then. And I shot it up in the Sears bathroom in downtown Oakland. And I passed out for four hours, woke up, wasn't high anymore. I was like, this shit sucks. Okay. Um, but uh, you were dead for three hours yeah, and 45 minutes. Clinically <laughs> yeah, dead yeah. for that long. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I think drug stuff is weird because I think like when the government tries to solve it at like a policy level, like when the American government tries to solve it at a policy level, it becomes very hard because their only solution is like either locking people up or like these, uh, which doesn't work, uh, or these like really um, 
you know, like these, these like state funded detoxes and stuff, which do work, but you actually have to get people in to go to those. Right. And so like, I, I, I don't know. It's almost like an intractable problem. I mean, obviously it's not, there has to be some kind of solution for it, but like, would you say that podcasting is your new drug? I would say no. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would say it's podcasting, but really it's re-listening to the podcast is where I get high. Like where I'm like, ah, fuck, that was so funny. Smart, like the trenchant observation. And for me, like that's better than any drug. Okay. Um, that and gay stuff. Okay. Like having gay sex is probably to me, like that's how I get high now. Nice. But, uh, but I, it's, it's, it's. Uh, to me, I only know how to fight it at like an individual level, I guess. Yeah. Because it's like I've had so many, so many of my friends are also drug addicts and alcoholics and yeah. stuff like that. And like they either die, which a shit ton of my friends have died from it, um, or they get so fucked up that like they're ha- you have to like talk to them. And that's like really the one, the one thing is like if you think someone's fucked up, you should talk to them about it. Because I think a lot of, for me at least, I was like, I can't let anyone know this. This is my secret shame. Everybody like will think I'm a fucking freak or a monster. And so like, I, but I was so afraid to like ever mention it. So I had this thing that completely dominated every single facet of my life that I never spoke a word about to anybody. Right. Even though I was stealing from them, I was like, you know, my arm, like all of my uh, shirts had like blood stains where the like, crook of my arm. Mm. Um, and eventually when I was able to start talking about it with people, I didn't get sober right then, but like that, that kind of helped me get there. I think in general, um, drug facilities in America fucking suck unless they're expensive private ones. So like I worked in this detox in San Francisco that was like constant San Francisco is like a city budget that's like bigger than a lot of countries budgets. Mm. I think mean, it's billions and it's like 11 billion dollars. And I worked for a city rehab and while I was there in like the two and a half years that I worked I worked at part-time just in my regular job. And uh the uh they cut the days that people could stay there from like I think it was 14 to like 5 and the statistics with sobriety stuff are always very weird and like all statistics are kind of fake, I think. But like uh, the longer that you spend in an institution, like a, that where you're like, you know, you're like a rehab or whatever, the better your chances are afterwards. And so like what we actually see is all this city funded stuff is like they're like try to get you out as soon as possible. Right. Um, and you also just have to like, yeah, it's so and they suck to be in too. Like some of the staff was using it was fucking it's all dirty. The food was horrible, but like it's kind of just so much money that you could make rehab. And I, I loved rehab because I could read books in there, mm-hmm. but everything else about it kind of sucked. And like, but it was still cool. You know, it was like good to be like somewhere that was like not like disgusting. Uh, and so I don't know. I think like w- one thing is to probably just like open a shit ton more facilities and make the facilities that are there nicer. Cause like a lot of detoxes and rehabs, depending on the place, are like how that nut houses used to be in the sixties and seventies, you know, like just like completely like staff just not giving a fuck, you know, uh, crackheads running ramp. I shot up in a rehab once. I mm. my entire detox that I was there. Indians throwing washing machines through the window and escaping. <laughs> <laughs> did he throw a washing machine? I forget what he threw. He was no, he threw the, did... the the water faucet, right? This the thing they were drinking water from. <clears throat> oh, oh yeah, yeah. In, we're talking about in, one flu Oh, I was about to say this is a guy because you can just leave these places. They can't keep you there. But oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I worked in a nut house too, and that was sick. Yeah, I love crazy people because you can. They're like taught you can trick them into uh-huh. not being because they were always getting fights and stuff, and I would just trick them into not being in a fight. Mm. And that was that was very. We also gave us a panic button, and then the one time we had to hit it, I realized they'd never given us. There was no batteries in it. Mm. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that like that it's, it's especially with fentanyl. It's so like, I think most addicts are so wrapped up in shame and like, uh, self-loathing and guilt that like, it's hard to, it's like, you don't feel like a human being. And so like, it just, you dig yourself into such a deep and deeper, deeper hole usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess we made some progress that we're not bringing heroin directly in from Afghanistan anymore. Yeah. Now we're bringing fentanyl in directly from wherever the fuck yeah. it's coming from. I mean, from. a big first step would be the U.S. government not bringing drugs directly into this country, but mm-hmm. we'll get there eventually. Um, Why are they bringing the drugs in? To prop up various client states is a policy going back to at least the uh, fall of the KMT in China. Okay. Well, support. Also, as a way to get money for things that, that you can't otherwise raise money for. Right. Or like that congressional allocations yeah. would raise questions. When you need about. to send CIA br- agent Brace Belden yeah. to, to, to help Syria. the Curtis fighters. I will say this when I was in Syria, I had a syringe of like morphine on me the entire time and I never used it. But part of me was always like, if I get shot. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking. <laughs> oh, <how sick laughs> but no, don't on. relapse. <laughs> well, it's not a relapse. You get that's a free. If you get shot, you yeah, can do more. Yeah, God. Yeah. My friend got shot, and they gave him ketamine, and because then like there really is. I had like the morphine I had was really rare. Mm. They don't have a lot. Of, I ended up giving it away when I left to a person who needed it, not to a yeah. just a random person. Um, you get shot, you call your sponsor <laughs> yeah, instead like, of. Hey, is this okay? Like I'm bleeding, <laughs> but like it's it hurts, but like I could probably just do more ketamine. Um, but my friend got shot up with ketamine, and he went into a K hole for like three hours in the back of this truck while they're like bouncing back to this town. Um, which I a ketamine was also not when I was using drugs. No, the ketamine was not involved at all. But now I feel like whenever I go out, people are like doing bumps of ketamine. Oh, they're so annoying too. They're so happy and hype. I know. Ugh, get on my face. Exactly. Motor you should mouth. be doing coke and be like, you look so fucking hot tonight. And like taking a shit at the bar. <laughs> um, that's the other thing I want to ask you about. I, I want to ask you about combat a little bit. Uh-huh. Because you went to- uh, Syria, you, yeah. yeah. You went to Syria and you fought ISIS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I was, uh, Thanksgiving, I kind of got into it with one of my uncles. We were talking about war and stuff. And he was like, you know, he was he was stationed in Germany during Vietnam. And he was like, well, you know, he's like, I was over there. And I was like, well, you're in Germany. You didn't even see any combat. And he got, like, mad at me. Yeah. Is there stuff that people, uh, is there anything you want people to, like, understand about combat? It is. The ways of war? Well, I think it, the funny thing about it is it's like, and this is what they don't want to, they don't want you to know. It mm. is like a video Fun. game. It's like video game. It is like a video game. Yeah. I'm not even joking. It, it really is. Okay. Um, if you play enough video games, yeah. you can probably be a soldier. Really? Well, not physically maybe, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like you kind of <laughs> get the, you gotta get, you just have to run and not it, get Because sometimes when I play like a video, like Call of Duty, I'm like, this guy's running a lot. Yeah, like I'd be yeah. very tired. That's the other thing too is I think like a real, but luckily by the Syrian civil war is everybody's kind of malnourished, okay. and so like not really anybody's functioning on that high of like a athletic level. Mm-hmm. So nobody's running that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is like, how did you? Who did you like talk to 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 join? Uh, there was this uh, like website that the YPG set up for foreign volunteers. Okay, and I had to figure out how to send a uh, what are those fucking called? Like a crypto, not crypto, Bitcoin or whatever, but like a, a, a coded message. It wasn't actually coded. It was just like a regular email, but I had to like encrypt it. Okay. I had to encrypt this email, which took me so fucking long yeah, to figure yeah, out. Okay. 
And then they just sent me an unencrypted email back. Mm. Uh, but it's not illegal. Like, there's no law against it because unless you're, unless I was, if I fought the Syrian government, mm. there would be because you're not allowed to fight other countries' governments. Okay. But non state actor to non state actor, you're kind of, it's a legal gray area. Okay. Uh, and so uh, I, they just hit me back and they sent me this, like, these questions that were like trying to figure out if you're a psychopath. Because mm. I Googled, I was like, these are really specific questions. And I Googled and they came from like a like a like some textbook. It's like how to figure out if someone's a psychopath. But I'm like, a psychopath would just lie yeah. to you. Yeah. Uh, and then they gave me a phone number and I I called, I uh, they were like, call this when you get to Iraq. Fight at Suleimania in Northern Iraq on this day. I called the phone number uh, and then I got taken to this, like this taxi driver took me to this like, motel not motel it was like a i wouldn't want to say it's a hotel because it was like more like a hostel mm -hmm. uh and uh that was like their contact place and the smuggler took me to the mountains and then from there uh we were met with these mountain fighters mm -hmm. and then the mountain fighters took us to syria and that's not something where you're you're like oh, i think i want to leave there's a certain point. Well, where you're, you, have to, you can. So yeah. it's kind of that was the whole thing. I definitely was like, I don't know. This is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, but at, at this certain point, you're just like, well, I there's no other option I have. And you don't want. What, what made you want to go? I kept. I got. I was working at this boxing gym. It was the only job I've had where I used a computer. And so I would like be sitting there like waiting to finish, and I would like close up for the day, and I would I. Saw the all these. I kept obsessively reading about this woman uh, who was like a Ger half German, half Togolese woman who died uh, fighting with this Hojahist group from Turkey that was fighting alongside the Kurds uh, named uh, MLKP. And I was like, "That's so crazy! She did that. Like, that's like, how do you even like end up in a situation like that?" And like, just slightly more research, I was like, "Oh!" And I knew a bunch of Turkish and Kurdish people because there's a, there's like the highest concentration of them in America is in the Bay Area. Okay. And uh, so through talking to them, some of them had been just like not to fight or anything, but had been there, and uh, they were just like, "Yeah, you should go." And once I figured out I could email these people, and I didn't think that would work, and it worked. Yeah. Uh, and so I just I just went after that. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I liked it quite a bit. Was there a fear you had of like, I'm going to be cannon fodder when I get there, they're going to put me to the front of the lines or strap me to the front. I mean, you're not from there, right? Yeah. Well, there was the, there was a big thing among foreign volunteers is like, they're like, oh, they want foreigners to die so that like right. they can get more eyes on this, more eyes on this. Yeah. But like, they're not organized for that to happen. Um, and so like I ended up in a heavy weapons unit and so like, we were like on operation. It was funny because like I was kind of like fuck. Like when I like they were like assigning us units, I was like, I'm like probably not gonna be a very good soldier. Like I wonder what they sent me. And they ended up sending me this heavy weapons unit, and they sent these sort of like the the two ex veterans, or they were current veterans. Uh, they sent those guys like completely to the rear because it was like basically random. Like everything was just less organized than I thought it was gonna be. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went on operation immediately, and I was just like, oh, I'm going to die. And then it, you, I just didn't die. And then I was like, oh, I get, like, what I actually have to be scared of now. And, like, after a little while, I was like, I can see what stuff's actually scary and what stuff's just, like, not that scary. And it's okay. just, like, more boring. Most of it's boring, and then a little bit of it's, like, really scary. Mm -hmm. uh, but mostly you're sitting there. Okay. Well, you know, I do find it interesting. Like, you run a successful conspiracy theory podcast now and there's a, a long tradition of american conspiracy theories of various conspiracy theorists mm -hmm. accusing each other of being cia 
And so it seems like, I mean, I see those accusations against you online. And it seems I love like this, this all just comes from you going because I guess the U.S. since the 70s has on and off supported various Kurdish groups. Yeah, yeah, Sort yeah. of to destabilize Iraq is my understanding. But Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess do you just think that comes with the territory or is like, is there any other basis for this besides you just going and uh, fighting with the YPG? I would, I think the CIA stuff, because as people think that I was like somehow recruited by the CIA I, read, I forget, where, Cisco I forget where I read. I read somewhere that you and Dasha grew up near a military base. Oh yeah. Well, there's people also connected to the fact that I knew Dasha when we were teenagers, and they're like, "How can there be two people who do podcast?" I'm like, "I don't know. I know of a lot of people in my life. Like, yeah. one of them does a podcast." Um, but uh, just like five being trained with microphones. Exactly. How to well, say retarded? Like, I guess like I I you know I I don't begrudge people their fun. Um, and I think it's fun to like, it's, it's, it's gay to hate a podcast mm -hmm. because then you just seem like a guy who's like, it's like, I fucking hate King of Queens or something. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so you have to like make it more sexy by being like, I hate this podcast cause it's from the CIA. <laughs> um, but, uh, and it's cool to think you're on, it's a classic tradition to think your online enemies work for some kind of government. Um, I have always been kind of confused over what my role would have been in Syria for the CIA because while uh, I have no um, illusions about my military prowess, uh, maybe other people do. Like there was either people people always get mad and like you were at the rear the whole time, which was demonstrably demonstrably not true. Or like they had sent you out there to be like a CIA secret super soldier. It's like I was just a, one of like thousands and thousands of people on these operations. Uh, I just I feel like the CIA has guys for that that are more able to do that than I would have been. Uh, and then coming back. Oh, the other thing is that I wasn't arrested coming back, but right. no Americans ever been arrested for it. Like hundreds and hundreds of Americans have gone. Um, but uh, my phone was tapped for years. Probably still is. Uh, you know, I, I am gang stalked. <laughs> Did you over there or have you ever met, people you think were in intelligence there was one guy there that everybody was like i think that guy's in the cia but i think like in retrospect he could have been for sure but he also could have just been like a crazy narcissist <laughs> um and then there was like one like military guy that i was like like i was like oh he's probably in the cia but like th there was no like real contact or anything and then after when i got back uh it's funny because I, I have a, i know an indian guy when i was there Indian American, um, his like door got kicked in by the FBI twice. Uh, or no, he was Sikh. Hmm. Well, he's so Indian, but yeah, he was Sikh. And I'm like, they totally just did that because you have like a turban and shit. Mm -hmm. uh, me, I was just, I think they just, they would, like my phone acted crazy for a really long time. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, it's also like, I wouldn't, you know, uh, I would never encourage anyone to do anything illegal or anything. Like if I was, if I was like, you should go do eco-terrorism or whatever. Like, yeah, I think there'd be a good case for that. But, like, I don't know. I'm just a guy trying to live his life. And what do you do for fun now that you're not uh, fighting wars and doing meth anymore? Um, What do I do for fun? I read a lot of novels. Okay. Uh, yeah. What have you read lately? I read this book called The Sybil okay. uh, by Par Lenkervitz. Uh He was, like, the Swedish uh, writer. And... Uh, he wrote this book, The Dwarf. It's his most popular book, which is one of my favorites. And The Sybil is really good. All of his books are about the wandering Jew, basically. 
and they're all just parables about that. And this is about like a, uh, a Pythia in a in an Athenian temple. This woman who's like in her like wrestling with God and and making love to him in her like religious ecstasy. Okay. And then also making lo- and and then birthing a retarded son. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then what happens? I've uh, he well, starts a podcast called Out for Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, well, you're interested in this, like, yeah, because you've tested the son. You're, he's not. He's good. He's not neurodivergent. Uh, he doesn't seem like he is. Okay, then he's probably not. Yeah. yeah. Have you considered making him that so that he'll get a better job when he's old? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, yeah. We're we're low on time. I do want to know though. Uh, did, did are they still trying to make that movie about your life mm. with Jake Gyllenhaal? I guess Jake, if you're listening to this, please do make that movie. <laughs> uh, I don't. I feel like what they do is whenever a magazine story comes out that's like narrative style, studios buy it. This is actually what I've been informed. So like, what st- movie studios do is like anytime like a story comes out like in a magazine, basically about anything slightly interesting, mm-hmm. a studio will option it. It won't option it for very much money. It'll be like $10,000 or something. And they'll get the writer in the magazine will get that. And then if it gets made into, developed into a movie, then there's more money. Uh, but a, one story about me got optioned and then by Jake Gyllenhaal, he did not exercise that option. And then Casey Affleck, after he got me too'd, tried to option this other, the only other magazine story about me. And I turned it down uh, because they were asking for like my life rights, mm. which I didn't know what that was, but I'm like, there's no way I'm selling those to you. Yeah, what is that? Um, I think that's like where they can just use your life. Oh. Like, Would could, Jake Gyllenhaal wear like a prosthetic nose like yeah. Bradley Maestro Cooper style? Right <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you, see the, you see the shots, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, is yeah, that what yeah, I look yeah. like? They made him like 5'2". <laughs> yeah. Instead of Jarhead, it's called Jewface. Jewface. <laughs> they removed um, his ankles. He's gay. Yeah. He's just gay in it. Uh, they did make some like schlocky 24 style Hulu series about Syria. Okay. Uh, and they 100% had a guy based on me in it. Like not, this is not me saying this to be like, I think that guy was, it was like very clearly based on me. Yeah. And they made him a bitch. Okay. Um, and so I feel like they could have done, never know. I want to sell the rights to my story as a porno. Okay. Uh, like and, and, and full creative control. My yeah. dream is I've first, I've been like, I'm not a big consumer of porn, but I've been like for the past few months, I'm like, I bet I could direct the craziest porno ever made. Yeah. You not think in, Selena Gomez would shave her head? <laughs> <laughs> not in terms of sex acts, but yeah. I think I can make an interesting story. Okay. You're like uh, Burt Reynolds from uh, Boogie Nights. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly like that. Nice. All right, guys. Do we have any final thoughts or uh, questions? Or um, no, Brace, you have a up? board game out though, right? Well, uh, it's sold out now, but okay. there is a board game available at stormthecapital.com. Um, but that's I. That's not the True Anon edition. That's just the we did it with a couple of friends of mine. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. So people who didn't get the True Anon edition are just fucked. Though. They're fucked. Yeah. Well, it's just gonna be worth nothing in twenty years. But it's weighs six pounds. So you could, if you need to discipline your child, this is a good way to do it because you also teach them how to stop playing fucking games. And that's something you should start yelling at your kid. Don't fucking play games with me. Benjamin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Benjamin Netanyahu? Don't fucking play games with me. Yeah. Um, and just like make him also, make him dress stupid. That's a classic. Uh-huh. That's a classic punishment parents would do. Is they make you wear stupid clothes to school to punish oh, okay. you. So make them wear a dress like Hemingway. Okay. The the Storm the Capital game, it has a, a special dice bag that's specially made so you can put your dick up in there. 
giving giving bringing Catan to the board game night with your penis just on top of it. <laughs> one of the one of the, the sticks on the Nintendo Switch is just your like semi rigid penis. You see Drake's penis? No. Oh my no, god! I gotta look. I'll look Check this out. For, no, no, no! I'll show you guys right the yeah, fuck yeah, now. Well, first of all, let me show you this. Um. Do we got any other plugs or brace? Was there anything else you wanted to plug? That's with your a hair? true and on. Th- thank you for doing this, by the way. Yeah, and just patreon.com slash out for smokes. Uh, yeah. I got some road dates coming up Chicago, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Charlotte. Tickets at microscenecomedy.com. What? <laughs> 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 Drake Peters? <laughs> Jesus, Drake sucking dick. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? We'll have that photo over on Patreon. <laughs> my God. That's, that's fake, right? <laughs> no, that's real. Be. That was my penis. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, SeanPMcCarthy.substack.com. I just wrote a thing about October 7th. It's up there now. Nice. Yeah. I heard Usher's gay. Usher? No way. I believe he's it. great he's and got, he's going to kill it got, at the Super Bowl. Oh, he's going to kill it at the I mean, Usher's great. Yeah, he's great. Not, you can be great and gay. Uh, most of them are. Yeah. Drake. Yeah, made me want to dance in middle school. Uh, Usher, I think, is gay. Yeah, that makes, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. All right. Oh, hey, Usher. Yeah, patreon.com Patreon. slash, slash Uh Brace, thank you, thanks Brace. a lot. This is a great Thank you for uh, having me. True and on podcast time. for Brace. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Thank you.